welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. There's need for us to know that when God is going to do something new, he also needs our cooperation. It's not all up to God. It's about God and man. It's a collaboration between divinity and humanity. Never you forget that. So we just want to just run through our responsibility. Now that God is said to do us good, what do we do? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 to 19. I read from the NLT version, Isaiah 43, 16 to 19. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 16, And the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Can you not perceive it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. It's my prayer God will create rivers in your desert. God will create a pathway for you in the wilderness in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer all those who are your enemies who say you will not fare well. God will draw them and he will drown them in the Red Sea in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you totally victorious. I see you flying high. I see you on a regular basis more than before glorifying God in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, remember not the former things. Say, I do not consider the things of old. Say, behold, I do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. In other words, God said, don't dwell in the past. Yes, you can't change the past, but you can stop living in the past. A lot of the times, many people can't shake off the past. Because of many failures, because of many disappointments in the past, they can't trust God for the future. Because they have failed many, many, many times, they don't trust themselves for the future. They don't trust in their abilities anymore. They don't trust in what they can do because they have failed several times. But it's my prayer God has separated darkness from light. It will separate your ugly past from your present and from your future in the mighty name of Jesus. It's a good prayer to make all the time that, Lord, in whatever way my past is haunting my present and my future, Lord, please bury the ugly past. The past is holding many people captive. And God says, I will do a new thing. A lot of people are living in the past. In their minds, they are living in the past. They are using that compartment of memory much more than the compartment of imagination in their brain. Your memory talks about the past. Your imagination talks about the future. People are living in the tomb rather than taking up the womb and projecting into the future, is my prayer God will deliver you from the power of the past. He will also deliver you from the power of the past and he will launch us forward in the mighty name of Jesus. So a new beginning means a new start. When God delivered the Israelites from the Red Sea experience and they saw their enemy drown, it was a big experience. In one life, they were kind of hemmed in. They were standing before the Red Sea and they saw the chariots of Pharaoh coming behind them and closing in on them. But suddenly, the pillar of fire that was before them just went behind them, and God caused a separation between the Egyptians and the Israelites. It's my prayer every obstacle before you that is more than you. Supernaturally, they will part in Jesus' mighty name. And the Bible says God blew a strong wind, and the Red Sea parted. And all night, there was a separation between Egypt and Israel until they passed 
And when they passed, God cleared the pillar of fire again. And the enemy, they were not thinking at all. They just went into the Red Sea and they all drowned. And by the time these guys came out on the other side of the Red Sea, it was a new start for them. It was a new beginning entirely. They had seen what eyes have never seen. They saw God in action. It's my prayer this month you will see God in action. By the time they got over the Red Sea, they just started singing spontaneously. Three songs in Exodus chapter 15. Three songs that we sing in church even today. Exodus 15, 11 says, God is glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. He said, God has triumphed gloriously over and above the chariots of Pharaoh. So it was spontaneous singing because they saw wonder. Is my prayer going forward? All your singing will be spontaneous singing. In the mighty name of Jesus, in your closet by yourself, you will sing songs of glory to God. Because God will show you, you will see the wonders of God in the land of the living. God will war you. God will come through for you mightily in the mighty name of Jesus. So it was a new beginning for them when they saw Egypt drown and they saw Israel delivered. It was a new beginning for Joseph when he stood before Pharaoh. I mean, 13 years being in the wilderness thereabout, he was sold as a slave by his brothers. He was in the house of Potiphar. He was in prison. I mean, young boy, teenager, daddy's boy. I mean, he just began a new experience altogether. But all through his faith in God, he didn't waver. He kept on trusting God. Somebody said, you can't trace God in your peril, trust him. Many times, we can't see God. You are praying, Lord, show me what to do. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. He may not even utter a word. That's just the truth. At times people are in crisis. People are in pain. Somebody is mourning and is asking God why? Why? Why does he have to die now? People are asking questions. Why should this happen? Why? Lord, why? And many times, even in your pain, God may not answer. It's just the truth. This God is too mysterious. The Bible says his ways are past finding out. The reality is that we can't understand God. Let nobody kid you. We just know in bits and in parts. When you say a comprehensive understanding of God, you can't have it. Amen? Because his ways are past finding out. His wisdom is deep. His judgments are unsearchable. He does as he pleases. So when you can't understand what he's doing, just trust him. Joseph didn't have a full comprehension, but he had a vision, and he held on to that vision. And through thick and thin, that vision made him overcome. Is my prayer God will bath in you a new vision, and that vision will make you overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. Is my prayer the grace to trust God? Even when you don't understand what he's doing with your life, that grace comes upon you now in the mighty name of Jesus. It was a new beginning for Hannah. After many years of barrenness, she had gone to Shiloh over and over and over. And she also had an adversary, the second wife, who was actually terrorizing her. The woman was calling her names, was abusing her, was taunting her, was jarring at her. And she was gracious in her ordeal. As a matter of fact, the name Anna means grace. She wasn't retaliating. She was gracious in her ordeal. And somehow she went to this Shiloh and she made a vow. And that same month thereabout, she conceived. Is my prayer God will surprise somebody in the mighty name of Jesus? What you have been pursuing for so long, your hand will touch it in the mighty name of Jesus. Have you been telling God, Lord, give me another baby, give me a baby? You will carry that baby in the mighty name of Jesus. God will come through for you and God will smile on you in the mighty name of Jesus. New beginning also means when God arbitrates your past. When God makes you forget the toil and the pain and the anguish of the past, it happened to Joseph. As a matter of fact, he called his firstborn son Manasseh. Manasseh means, for God has made me forget all my toil 
and all my father's house. In other words, one gain can make you forget the pain of the past. The best form of revenge, some people say, is results. When you are doing well, when things are good for you, you forgive easily. That was why when Joseph became governor, it was easy for him to forgive Potiphar's wife. We never had the account that he went after Potiphar's wife because it was part of the grand design. Amen? If Potiphar's wife had not tried to lay her hands on him, if Potiphar didn't send him to prison, he wouldn't have met the chief butler who actually recommended him to Pharaoh. So everything is part of a grand design. God knows how to juggle the Paul's puzzle and make everything fit. And it's my prayer, whatever is happening now, God will make it fit for you in the mighty name of Jesus. So by the time this man became governor, he named his firstborn child Manasseh. That God has made me forget the pain and the toil of the past. He has made you forget the pain of my father's house. He was genuinely forgiving. Amen? Because one gain made him forget all the pains of the past. It's my prayer God will visit you. And he will give you a gain that will make you forgive all those who have offended you easily in the mighty name of Jesus. A new beginning is also salvation in Christ. I remember when I gave my life to Christ many years back. I mean, I was in captivity. Captivity to tobacco, captivity to cannabis. And somehow God just snatched me. And automatically, cannabis just stopped. Over time, tobacco stopped. But you see, it was such that I would be walking down the road and everything actually would literally become new. The trees were like singing to me. It was a total experience. I was always telling people, Jesus is Lord. I was always preaching. I was so much in tune because the Holy Spirit just came into a dark heart. When light just beams and shines in darkness, <laughs> darkness is totally overwhelmed. So somebody is under the sound of my voice. If you allow light to shine in your life, it will be a totally brand new experience for you. So what are you looking for? What are you pursuing? The void is the Holy Spirit. Why you are not satisfied, why you are not fulfilled, is because the Holy Spirit is not there in good measure. When you allow God, He satisfies you only and entirely. God can give you a new heart. He promised to give you a new heart. Say, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. If you will hearken, if you hear me, He said, I will come in and have dinner with you. But you have to first and foremost open the door to Him. Because a new beginning means a new heart. It also means a new experience in Christ Jesus. Somebody is under the sound of my voice. By the grace of God, you'll be a totally brand new creature in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, what do we do? What are our responsibilities? Responsibility number one is that you have to open up your heart to God. Let Him come in. I also have here a new mindset. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. It said, don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is that good, perfect, and perfect will of God. You see, man is a programmable creature. That's big. In other words, there's what we call psychological deliverance. There's a way that when you keep on doing something, if it's pleasurable, your brain registers it. It registers it so well. Now for you to break away, if you want to change that pattern, is big deal. And you know, we live life from the inside out. Whatever thing you see of yourself tomorrow is what you have thought about today. That's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse. It says, be careful how you think. He went on to say, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. For you to get to somewhere, you first and foremost get there in your mind. That's how God designed it. So the mind of man is very powerful. And when you look at races, you look at cultures, you look at communities, you can tell how their minds are working. 
just by seeing their outcomes. You see a whole community because they believe in witchcraft. Nobody is successful there. I mean, you see a whole community because they believe witches are after them. Nobody raises up their head. So the mind of man is very powerful. So never you joke with the transforming of the mind. The Bible says don't copy the behavior of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Yes, it takes time. God wants your mind to be renovated. He wants you to overcome stinking thinking. He wants you to think about what you're thinking about all the time. He wants you to take a hold of your mind. He wants you to be careful the way you think. He wants you to be conscious of your thoughts. So God is working, but we have to cooperate with him. God was able to get the Israelites out of Egypt. He couldn't get Egypt out of them. He was able to get them out of Egypt. He couldn't get them into the land of Canaan, where he was actually planning to take them to, because they stopped him. They stopped the work of God. He was able to get them out of Egypt, out of bondage. That's a type of the world. He couldn't get them into the promised land. The promised land is not heaven. Canaan is not heaven. As a matter of fact, a whole generation died. Only Joshua and Caleb, even Moses, he saw it. He didn't enter. Is my prayer, you will see you also enter God's promises in the mighty name of Jesus. Because their mindset stopped them. In their mind, they were still in Egypt. They were still thinking about the garlic, about the cucumber they eat in Egypt. So every time there was a challenge, they would cry foul. Egypt was still very much entrenched in them. They refused to allow God to change their mind. Despite all the miracles, despite all the wonders they saw, you cannot be free when you are still in captivity within you. And Jesus came to set the captives free. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And the only person that can make you free is Jesus Christ in cooperation with you. With you allowing the word of God to shape your thinking. With you embracing God's word as if it's a matter of life and death. And believe me, it's a matter of life and death. It's in our hands, brethren. If you are going to see new beginnings, if you are going to enter into your dream, if you are going to enter into your promises, it is in your hands. I pray for you again. In any way, the past has been stopping you. The past will stop stopping you in the mighty name of Jesus. Another responsibility that we have is a matter of perspective. Perspective is the way you see things. And many times, the problem is not the problem. The problem is how people see the problem. Because if you see that problem in the light of heaven, you realize that problem is nothing. Paul talks about the light momentary affliction. He says he's working for us a far more eternal weight of glory. He calls his problem light. He calls his problem momentary. That is not going to be there forever. The same problem is calling light. Somebody is saying, yeah, it's gigantic. This same guy was flogged with rods. He didn't die. So, Paul saw imprisonment. He was in many dangers. He was in a shipwreck. But he calls it nothing. That was the extent of the work of Paul with God. The way you see the problem is the problem. Brethren, Mark chapter 8, a blind man was brought to Jesus and he spat on his eyes and he touched the eyes. And he asked the guy, do you now see? The guy said, ah, I see men walking like trees so I can see blurrily. And he touched the eyes again a second time and said, now I can see well. Is my prayer God to give you a sharp perspective? It will give you a sharp focus. Maybe your vision is blurry. God will make it clear and make it better in Jesus' mighty name. Another responsibility we have is that we have to approach life in a new way, in a new manner. We all agree we are now living in a totally new world order. And these are thrown up new challenges that require a new approach. They always tell us that if you keep doing the same thing the way you do it and you expect better results, that's the definition of insanity. In this day and age, you have to be adaptable. We have to be innovative. 
you have to be creative. And the spirit in you is that of creation. The first thing God did ever was to create. And that same spirit that created actually resides in you. So it's still a matter of thinking again. It's still a matter of perspective again. It's still a matter of mindset. Who says you are not creative? Who told you that lie? Are you bought it? Who client sinker? Tell yourself I'm creative. Tell yourself I'm innovative. Tell yourself I can create new things. I can create stuff out of nothing. Because you are made in his image and you are made after his likeness. The world we live in calls for innovation, calls for a new approach. And there are many several approaches to what you are doing now. Maybe it's your career, your job, your ministry. There are other approaches that will bring good results. We have to borrow a cue from Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle was versatile, yes I know. But Paul the Apostle was a man of many parts. He was a lawyer, he was a tent maker, he was able to speak Aramic, was able to speak Hebrew, was able to speak Greek. So anytime Paul was in a fix, he would just reason. Everything Paul had, he was using. Every virtue, every blessing, everything he had, he was using everything at his disposal. It wasn't just a one-way streak. This guy was versatile. Now think about Peter. Bible scholars actually told us that God's original plan was that Peter would be the apostle to the Gentiles. But somehow, Peter was narrow-minded at Paul. Three times God showed this guy a vision, Acts chapter 10. God was going to start a new way, a new order. He was going to bring in Gentiles into the plan of salvation. And he was trying to sell what he was going to do to Peter the apostle, the leader of the church. And Peter actually blanked out. Three times he saw in a vision. So in other words, God can be talking to you and you may be missing it. If you don't have this broad-mindedness about God, if you don't realize God is versatile, if you don't realize God wants to reach all men, if you don't realize God can bless you, God can be talking to you and you may actually be saying no. God spoke to Peter. He was saying, no, Lord. He was using Lord. He knew it was God three times. Somebody's deliverance, somebody's prosperity may be in the hands of a Caucasian who is not saved. You can't tell. God is not man. So let us begin to have approaches. Let's begin to prayerfully say, Lord, give me wisdom for the age. What was bringing results yesterday may not bring results again anymore today. This is a new world order. We have to be sensitive to God. We have to use everything in our hands to get to where we are going to. Paul the apostle used everything possible. So I became all things to all men. It's a new world order we are in. And God will help us. We have to be flexible. We have to be adaptable. We have to get ourselves out of the rut. We have to actually clean our minds. Another responsibility we have, I spoke about a new heart, a new mindset, a new perspective. I spoke about a new approach. Now we are talking about new habits. As somebody said that this is so true, that we form our habits and our habits in turn form our future. There are success habits. That when you take them up, unbelievers run with them and they get results. Somebody said, Jesus' principles are to make us successful here on earth. But Jesus' person is to make us to make heaven. So those principles that you read in management books, many times they are from the Bible. Just talk about it. Team building, division of labor, perseverance, diligence, hard work, having a good mental attitude. There are principles that when you begin to take them on, they will get you there. And psychologists tell us that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. In other words, if you can stop doing what you have been doing for 21 days, then your brain will adapt, whatever it is. Because your brain now gets readjusted to the new order. Another thing we should do is to have renewed joy. Very, very critical. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Romans 12, 12, say, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. You see, don't wait to see results before you rejoice. 
Start rejoicing before you see results. We always wait. It says, be joyful in anticipation. As you are anticipating, be joyful. By so doing, you commit God to act. And also because when you are joyful, Satan cannot stand you. So maybe it's the enemy that is holding the blessing. As you are joyful, joy is a force. It will let go. Don't wait to see results before you rejoice. No, no, no. Start rejoicing before you see. Satan cannot stand our rejoicing. Don't fight the enemy in his stuff. Stop fighting the enemy in his domain. His domain is the natural realm. So when you really want to fight him, take the battle to the spirits. And how do you do that? By rejoicing in anticipation. It doesn't matter what challenge you are in. Keep on rejoicing in anticipation. That's how to walk by faith and not by sight. Stop fighting the enemy in his stuff. He's the prince of this world. Don't do things the way he wants you to do it. That's how to fight him in the realm of the spirit. We have to learn to bamboozle the enemy. We have to learn to daze him. How do you daze him? It's by rejoicing and giving thanks to God in anticipation of what God will do. When you don't feel like prayer, that's the best time to pray. When you don't feel like singing, that's the best time to sing. Because there are demon spirits assigned to us all to discourage us, to demotivate us, to make us be in despair. What joy does is to encourage, is to motivate, to give you zeal for life. David was in the doldrums. He gathered himself. He began to praise God. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. He did contrary to the will of Satan. And because he did that, he pursued, he overtook, and he recovered her. It's my prayer you will pursue, and you will overtake, and you recover her in Jesus' mighty name. What is our responsibility? A new obedience. You see, many people are where they are because they just keep on disobeying. And they tell us delayed obedience is also disobedience. So what has God told you? Which area of life are you disobeying? What do you know that you should be doing that you are not doing? What are your convictions that you are not living out? Whatever is your conviction that you are not living out, you are shortchanging yourself. Because when you obey God, he acts. And there's also what you call obedience of faith. When God says, take that step, even though you are afraid, you can't see a way out. Take it, nevertheless. Peter toyed all night. He caught nothing. And yet, in the morning, Jesus still told him, cast your net. He still obeyed. Even though he couldn't see a way out, but he still obeyed. So, even when God tells you, go there, he can create what you are looking for there. Amen? So, obedience of faith is one. Even your obedience, the Bible says when your obedience is complete, you will also deal with all disobediences. Many Christians are not obedient, and that's why we don't see much of God come through for us. Many, not a few. God will help us. Many Christians are not obeying God in money matters. Too many of us. We can do anything, we can talk, but when it comes to money, ah, no way. And God will help you. It will deliver you. You will see God above money. You will see God as your source. And every other thing is a resource. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.